are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Sam introduced me to Jesus today. I rededicated my life. I had a Korean barbecue joint. Oh, once that, that uh, the galbi touched my tongue, I was like, Lord, more Lord. The kimchi, sweet Jesus. So it's an, it's an honor to be here, um, even just to come up to New Jersey from Hartford just for that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's great to see you, but it's, it's really an honor just to uh, be able to worship with you guys. I'm just feeling like tonight's going to be fun. And just see whatever God wants to do. Uh, no, no agenda, no, no plans, but are you guys open to whatever God wants to do tonight in this place? Amen. Amen. I'm here with my beautiful wife, uh, Kate. Um, <laughs> uh, we actually met in youth group. So I, I was playing drums, and I uh, should have been focused on the Holy Spirit, but something caught my eye, and during the service, I'm like, come sit back with me. And so then we started hanging out. So, so you never know who you might meet at Pursuit, you know? Your, your husband or your future wife might be in this joy. I think I'm prophesying already, huh? I'm just kidding. So also, too, don't be jealous that I got a pin and you didn't. So you need to get a Pursuit pin. Um, but yeah, we met in youth group, uh, we've been married, July will be three years, um, and we're just, uh, we're loving life, we're, we're pursuing God together, and um, we're having fun. It, it doesn't have to be weird, it doesn't have to be complicated, you can love God and you can love people well, um, and have fun at the same time. Um, and that's what I love about this, this place, because in pursuit, just learning more about it today is that it's not based on a church. It's not based on a denomination or a location. It's based on hungry people pursuing the presence of God. And I don't know about you. That's why I didn't drive two hours to come and see you guys. Love that. Or, you know, come hang out with Sam. I came here tonight to meet with Jesus and encounter with God. And so, uh, I don't know. I don't think you gave up your Saturday night because I'm sure there's some other things that you would rather be doing or, or, uh, you know, go see uh, Beauty and the Beast, which I really want to see, you know, um, but we came here to be with Jesus tonight. So um, it truly is a great honor. If you have your Bibles with me, you can open up to First Peter. And, uh, and really, one of, um, one of my life messages um, is really based on identity and who we are as believers in Christ and discovering really who we are as people. Um, and, uh, you know, growing up, um, my father is from Trinidad, and my mother is off the boat from Ireland. So I grew up, my dad's black, my mom's white. So I grew up immersed in two different cultures. And, um, you know, in, growing up in middle school, we grew up in a, in a, in a suburb. Um, we had a bus that would come from Hartford, the inner city. Um, like the north end of Hartford, where all like the gangsters and the thugs would, you know, come and come to school. And those were my friends. Those who, that's who I connected with the most. You know, I was wearing like my Fubu Valor jumpsuit and like some Tims and, you know, just, I was straight up, I was a thug from South Windsor. The, the, if you went to South Windsor, it's like coming to, what's this, Closter? Closter? Crest 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 Crest
it's a, it's a nice place. So, um, I, I always thought that I was like just straight up, you know, gangster. And um, when I went to Trinidad, I, I used to go to Trinidad and spend my summers there uh, with my cousins. And um, we're all, you know, black, you know, African American and dark skin. And I, I never knew the difference. You know, I never knew that I looked funny. Um, or I guess I kind of do, but um, until one day, have you ever had a moment where you discovered what you, what you weren't? Maybe it was like like the day you realized that like I, I wasn't going to be a professional basketball player, or like a football, or like a, a linebacker. You know, um, I had a moment in Trinidad where I realized what I wasn't, and um, we had there was there was this guy we I used to go to school with my cousins, and I have. Uh, two twin cousins. Their names are Precious and Cutie. The kid you know, Lord is my witness. Kate's my witness. Their names are Precious and Cutie, and they're twin twins, and they're 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 beautiful. Um, and this guy was riding on a bike, or not? Uh, two guys were were just walking, and the dude was riding on a bike, and he like whistled at him. And the two dudes were walking behind him, and he they, they are just like catcalling hard. And uh, we're walking home from school. And uh, they they were saying some things and and uh, it just kept going and they just kept following us it kept following us and I'm just I'm just bubbling you know and I feel like okay these are my cousins I need to I need to say something I need to protect these two and uh, and they they're paying no attention they're like just you know talking we're just whatever but I'm I'm just as time goes on and as we walk further each step I'm getting angrier and angrier and so finally I turn around and I said. Shut your mouth! <laughs> and I dropped the N word so hard, just because it was common. My dad called called me it. My we were just common. My cousins we called it. And I and my cousins looked at me and they're like, and they the got two guys kind of sounded like, what did you just like? Because I'm like the white man in the bush, you know. And all of a sudden, my cousins were just like, yeah, they grew up. And I'm like, okay. So I just start running. I am just running through the like, and I finally go and go into the bushes, and these guys are chasing me, and and uh, sure enough, like I met like an hour later, I met with, met up with them at home. But that was a defining moment in my life where I realized what I wasn't. And how many of you know if you don't have those moments in your life where you don't realize who you are or what you aren't? You'll never be able to pursue or be who God has created you to be. Okay. And I've kind of had to live my life reminding myself that this is who I am. This is who I can become. This is who God has created me to be. And when that happens and when I've discovered that, it allowed me to do what I was born to do. To live out who, to live out who I am. And so I the title of my message is called Re-ID. And, you know, I, always get, I got it from, you know, saying you better, better, uh, better check yourself, you better remind yourself, you know, you better watch yourself. So, um, the title of my message is Re-ID. Somebody to tell your neighbor you better check yourself. You better check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> better check yourself. And I love what Jay was singing prophetically, no, t- no turning back, no looking back. I'm not looking back. I'm pressing forward tonight. That was so powerful because um, one of the scariest verses in the Bible that I've read 
is in Luke 9. I'm sorry I told you to open up to 1 Peter. It's actually Luke 9. And I don't have it up there for you. But it's Luke 9, verse 57. And I just want to read that real quick, and then we'll, we'll hop over to 1 Peter. I don't know if you brought your Bible. How many of you know what the best version of the Bible is? It's the one you read. No, no, nothing, no, no, no. Luke 9. It says, the, it's the cost of following Jesus. It says, as they're walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever I go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, and this verse scares me so much. It says, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And when Jay was saying that, I'm like, man, I don't want to start out on this, this journey of faith. I want to give my life to God and, and, and say I'm all in and sing these, these dangerous. The songs you were singing tonight were dangerous. Wow. Let, let me be a sacrifice. Like, let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. I mean, that's, that's, that's serious. That's intense. Let me be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life. And I don't want to be that man, that guy um, who puts my hands to the plow and continues to look over my shoulder wondering. Is this what God has called me to do? Is this what I should be doing? Is this where I should be going? Is this who I am? This was what I was on. Am I on this earth for? And I think we'd all be be lying tonight if we said we haven't had those thoughts cross our mind at one point or another in time. Amen. You can talk to me. I'm a, I'm a hollaback preacher. So you know, if you hear something good tonight, you can say preach, preach, Trini boy, Irish boy, whatever you want to say. Uh, I will preach. I will preach uh, louder, and I will preach shorter. So, uh, it, so there you go. So, thank you, Sam. Sam's trying to get out of here. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I, and, and, and that verse, that verse challenged me. It's like God, let me never forget who you created me to be. Yeah. Let me never forget who you created me to be. And so I want to hop in, hop over to. Um, um, First Peter, if you're still there. I'm sorry, I'm just going I'm all over my notes. I'm not even on the right. I don't even know what this is for. But I believe when you look back, you make you, when you're constantly looking back, you make the wrong decisions. Yeah. When you're constantly looking back, you're second guessing yourself. You're questioning yourself. You're questioning God. When you look back, you, you're not looking forward. You're not going in the right direction. And how do we keep our eyes looking forward? And uh, Normally, when you hear uh, how how do we stay on this course that we call this this life of faith, this journey of faith? Normally, when you hear uh, people who have messed up publicly, what's one of the first things you hear them say? Whether it's a politician caught in a scandal, or an executive, or a pastor who's who's failed, what's one of the first things they say? They say, you know, they say sorry, they address it, and then they say, "This is not who I am." I mean, you can, you can look at every interview. This is not a reflection of who I am. And is it possible that in that moment where we go off course, 
where we veer to the left or to the right, in that moment, in those moments, is it possible that we forget in that moment of time who we really are? And I've, I've tried to find, God, remind me who I am. It's just become a prayer of mine. Remind me who I am. Show me, continue to show me who I am on a daily basis. That I don't forget. I don't forget. The standard has been set. There's, there's lines that I won't cross because I understand who I am. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and so, um, given a brief, before we jump into Peter, let me give you a brief, a brief history of Peter. Because Peter, Peter doesn't give you hope. I mean, there's not many people, more people that can give you hope than Peter. If you, if you really think about his life. Um, you know, Peter is the same guy who stepped out of the boat and, and walked on water in Matthew 14. He's the same guy who identified Jesus as the Christ in Matthew 16. And the same guy who witnessed the trans- transfiguration in Matthew 17. So Peter has seen Jesus do some amazing things. I mean, the man, the man walked on water. Uh, you know, it doesn't get much cooler than that. But yet, somehow, when, when the pressure was on, when the lights were on, he still denied Jesus. And yet, we, we haven't seen Jesus. We haven't touched Jesus. I don't know if you've walked on water. Yes, I've tried, but I can't, uh, you know, and I can't swim that well either. So, whew. anyways, but we live this life called faith. And, and yet, Peter is seeing Jesus do amazing things, still somehow denies Jesus. How much more susceptible, susceptible are we to denying Jesus on a daily basis in those moments where we haven't even seen or experienced half the stuff that Peter did. I mean, and yet, and yet, here's a guy around, around 67, 68 AD, Peter's writing to Jewish Christians who are during, enduring intense persecution for the Lord. And Peter, and God uses Peter as a voice of encouragement to a, to a, to a people who are suffering for their faith. God still uses Peter. Wow. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, if God can, that's, that's amazing. So if God can use Peter, he can use you, he can use me. Amen? Amen. Let's, look at, let's look at Peter, and let's read uh, 1 Peter 2.9. Holla at your boy when you're there. All right, or not. Ready? 1 Peter 2.9. <laughs> Sorry, right. I got it. I got it. 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sin- sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good, good lives among, among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits you. I mean, that's probably a very, you know, one of the most popular verses in all of scripture. But when you really dissect what it means, it's, it, it'll blow your mind. It's, it, Verse uh, 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you, and we could just stop right there. But you, who? But you. Who are you? 
What does that mean, but you? I mean, who is he talking to? But you. And I, I realized that, you know what, so many, and, and I kind of, I insert my name there, but you, unique. Okay, who is unique? Who is that? And until you understand that you have a prophetic destiny attached to your name, you'll never know that he's talking to you. That's right. He's speaking directly to you. Who is you? You have a, you have a, who is you? Uh, you have a prophetic destiny attached to your name and until you understand who who you are you won't step into that and and i realized that because so many people back in the old testament had to have their names changed in order to fulfill their prophetic destiny simon never stepped into his destiny until he became who peter Abraham, Abram, never became a father of many nations until he became who? Abraham. Woman never became the mother of the living until she became... Oh, you guys are sharp. Come on, when Adam, Adam, when he named the animals of God, he was releasing their DNA into them, what they would become when he was naming the animals with God. Saul was not an apostle until he was named. Jacob meant deceiver until his name was changed to. Who, who is you? What's your name? What's the prophetic destiny attached to your name? Amen? Amen. It says, but you are a chosen people. It's important to know who you are. Once you know who you are, your behavior begins to change because we always act out of our self-understood identity. So instead of weak and insecure, we become strong and courageous. It's funny, I, um, my wife, we, uh, she worked for an uh, a anti-human trafficking organization in New Haven called Love 46. Um, there we get a chance, it's a great, it's a great organization. Um, but we had the privilege to go um, uh, this thanks, past Thanksgiving to um, uh, Vietnam and, and uh, Thailand and the Philippines and be able to see some of the work that they're doing, especially in Thailand and, and Manila. Um, and it's just, it's unbelievable. But um, being, her being immersed in that world and me being immersed in the corporate world, she made me watch a documentary um, that kind of just messed me up. And um, it wasn't one of those that like make you go vegan or like not eat meat or anything like that. It was just one of those that just broke your heart for, for, for people, for the loss. And um, it was in, in this interview, uh, was FBI, it was a woman from the FBI talking and talking about her interviews with pimps who are literally tra trafficking these girls. And, and they asked, the agent asked uh, a pimp and said, you know, how did you find your victims? How did you find the girls that you could just track? And he said that um, he would sit around in a mall um, and he would watch and he would wait and he would go up to a girl. They would, when he, he would approach a girl, uh, you know, a young teenage girl, 14, 15 age, and he uh, would look her in her eyes and he would say, you have, you have beautiful eyes. 
right? Mm -hmm. With his beautiful eyes. Not static there. And he would say, you, you have beautiful eyes. And if she looked back at me and said, thank you, he goes, I would walk away immediately. I would turn around and I would walk away immediately. And then, but he said, but if I looked to her in her eyes and I said, you have beautiful eyes. And she looked down at her feet and said, really? Or no, I don't. Or didn't say anything. He knew at that moment he had her. And I feel like sometimes we, we come into church and we relate to God. And God's telling us he loves us. He's telling us you're beautiful. He's telling you you're amazing. Telling you that you were born for amazing things, for awesome things. And you look at your situation and you look at really amazing things. I got, I got class in 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, but I, I can't stand my mom. My, my dad, you know, whatever your situation may be that you're going through, God's speaking over us, our prophetic destiny. And, we look, and sometimes we look down at our feet and we say, there's no way not possible. And in that moment, doubt, unbelief, shame, guilt, those things creep in. And tonight, I just want to challenge us, maybe at, at the end of service, if you are wrestling with those thoughts, when and God is trying to speak over you that he loves you, that he's here for you, that he cares for you. Really? He cares for you? After, after everything I've been through? You care for me? Wow. Surely goodness and mercy follow me after this and this and this has happened? Really? Wow, your promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus when you look. And those thoughts are going through our mind. And we, we, we it's a wrestle. We fight. And tonight I just want to encourage you that God loves you. He cares for you. And his promises truly are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And tonight, if you don't take anything away, I just hope that you discover who you really are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's my first point. All right, somebody say, but you. But you. Say, who you is. Who you is. <laughs> That's awesome. It says, a chosen generation. I'm going to kind of go through these, and I'm just going to kind of add a little bit more significance, because a lot of us can recite this, this verse, but a lot of us don't really know the weight and of really these words and what it means. And so it says, but you are a chosen generation. And, and if, you, if you study this stuff, it says, Peter's saying you Christians have various facets to who you are. And one of them is that you are a chosen generation. And the word generation doesn't mean like a, a, dis, a descent that you know, we usually use or we use it as a time period. It doesn't mean that. It, literally in this context, it means that you are a certain breed. You are a certain species. That's literally what it translates out to. You are a certain breed. You're not, you're not of this world. You're not, you are a chosen breed of human. And I, I think that helps us understand that, you know, we're not from this world. We're not, we're, we're a different breed. Yeah. We have different DNA. Yeah. We're not, we're from a different kingdom. Come on. You are a chosen Generation. Somebody say chosen generation. Chosen generation. And then it says, but you are a royal priesthood. And this is kind of fascinating because in the Old Testament, a priesthood were those who could approach God officially. You couldn't just go to God back in the day. People had to go on your behalf. And um, it, Jesus himself couldn't, couldn't even be a priest back in the day. Because he was from the tribe of Judah, the priest came from the line of Levi, 
And so, not everyone could be a priest, not Jesus himself. And a priesthood consisted of a certain order of men who obviously offered prayers, sacrifices. He, they stood in the gap between God and the people. And um, I think this is amazing because uh, not only are we being called priests here, but we're being called a royal priest. And because of the blood of Jesus, we've been born into a royal seed. And our responsibility as priests and royalty is to stand in the gap for people. Wow. Stand in the gap for the lost. We have access to the king. Man, <laughs> Man what a responsibility. We have access, access to, the, to the king. Let's not forget who we are. Royal priesthood. And then it says, you are a holy nation. A holy nation? What does that even mean? How many times do you just read something? I mean, what does that mean? You are a holy nation. In the midst of nations, but not part of the nations. So the church, the true church of Christ, is a holy nation dwelling in the midst of the nation, but not part of the nations. I mean, that, that, that's... Wow. So you are a holy nation. Well, what is holy? Holy is being separated. It's being pure. Is being designated. You're designated. You're on reserve. Consecrated unto God. You know, Israel's, Israel's curse came when they forgot who they were. They began to intermingle and intermarry. They began to engage in the world around them. So much so. And eventually God turned the world loose. On Israel. You know, so much so that, that Jerusalem was built, rebuilt, and destroyed 70 times. 70 times. God loves you so much that he will destroy you before you grow up into something that he didn't originally intend for you to be. Wow. He's so committed to who you are and who he designed you to be that he will actually destroy you. He'll break you. He'll break this the, the, the false identity that you've had, that you've been living as, until you become who he's created you to be. I mean, I've been broken so many times. Yeah. I've built my own wall. I've built my own, own idea of who God was. I've built my own idea of what I've, what I've wanted to be, what I've wanted to pursue. I've pursued things that just were not who he intended for me to be. And maybe tonight, you're like, God, I'm done. I'm done living a lie. I'm done not, not being what you call me to be. I'm all in. Break me. Take, take away the things that, that aren't of you. Amen. There was a sculptor who was, who was standing at a huge piece of marble, just a black piece of marble. And he, he was, there was this friend. And he looks, he's looking at the piece, this, this big block of marble. He goes, I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna carve a horse. I'm gonna turn this into a horse. His friend goes, How are you gonna do that? And he's just looking at the block and he goes, I'm gonna take this chisel and I'm gonna chip away everything that doesn't look like a horse. Hmm. That's kind of like our faith. That's kind of like, man, we're constantly in this process of God chipping away everything that doesn't look like him. Everything that doesn't look like 
who he created and designed us to be. And, so, and tonight, prayer should be, Lord, chip away at my life. The things that have grown, the weeds that have grown, the things that I've done, that I've added, that I've built, that work from you. Yeah. Chip it away. Amen? Amen. I'm going um, to ask the worship team. I'm just going to wrap up. You want to come and help me land the plane? Maybe throw in some keys. Makes me sound a little bit more spiritual. Really feel the spirit when the keys are going, you know? I'm just kidding. But, and it says, a peculiar people, a people belonging to God. And peculiar now means like, you're weird. You're, oh, that's a little, that guy's a little peculiar. But no, what it means here is that you, you are a people meant for a position. You are a bought, a bought people, a purchased people. The fact of the matter is that two years ago, 2,000 years ago, before you were even an idea, the Lord purchased your life with His blood. He called you to be a chosen generation, a different breed, royal priests, a person who would stand in the gap for the lost. Yeah. To come to know Him as a person, to, a holy nation, a person who will be willing to stand alone for Him won't flirt with the world around them. Yeah. I believe when we when we come to understand this, we come to realize this. You won't be looking back. It'll be hard for you to take your hand off the plot. You'll remind yourself of who God has created you to be. Alanda, I wanna I wanna just jump over if you have your Bible still open. I know I could probably close there, but I just want to get to this. It's in Matthew 3. Verse 13. It's the baptism of Jesus. We probably A lot of us probably know this story. It says, And Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do, you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. Now, you know that's a big deal when heaven opens. Yeah. Heaven opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Man, what a moment in the water. What a moment right there. Let's keep reading. Let's, let's, let's keep reading. And then the very next, and that's the end of that, that chapter. The very next verse, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After lasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I bet he was. The tempter... I, I, can't fast like 40 minutes. <laughs> anyway, the, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Isn't it, isn't it 
amazing that even Jesus, one moment he's in the water, the next moment he's in the wilderness. It's a lot like life. Right now, for, for many of us, this moment right here, being here at Pursuit, being at church, we're, we're in the water. Heaven's open. We're, we're with Jesus. And the next moment, tomorrow, wherever it may be, well, tomorrow's Sunday, so hopefully you go to church and do, you know, do something. Keep your salvation on Sunday, please. God. But Monday, let's talk about Monday morning, on the way to school, on the way to work, on the way whatever. Get in a fight with your spouse, whatever it may be. It's, it's Monday. Nothing good happens on Monday morning. But you're in the wilderness. You're back at it again. How do we stay in the water? In the wilderness. Isn't it crazy that it says the Spirit led him to the wilderness? Some of you, maybe you feel like you're in the wilderness. It's, it's a fight. It's all on. You're going through it. Things are happening left and right. The Spirit led you to the wilderness. Now, while you're in the wilderness, what, what, is, what was the devil, what was the tempter really asking Jesus to do? Was it to really eat the food? Was it really to turn those rocks into, into loaves of bread, cornbread? No, it wasn't. What, what, is, what is the devil really attacking in Matthew 4? He's saying, if you are the Son of God, if you really are. And when you're going through situations Monday morning, you, you step out into the wilderness. What the enemy is attacking, it's not your situation. It's not that your car broke down. It's not that you got in a fight. He's attacking your identity. If you really are this man of God that you said you were on Sunday or Saturday in pursuit, if you really are this woman of God, if you really are, it's it's and and what blows my mind. So so what do we do? What do we do? And if we look look back up at at uh, verse seventeen in, in chapter three, it says. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Wow. One verse before, the Father, before Jesus has done any miracle, he, Jesus hasn't performed a miracle. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. Nothing at this moment. One verse before, the Father is saying, This is my child, who I love. And in him I'm well pleased. Man. Man. He speaks over his identity. Identity. He tells him who he is. This is my son. He tells him that he's loved. Yeah. And he tells him that I'm, in him I'm well pleased. Yeah. And I'm pleased with him. Come on, somebody say this. I am his child. I am his child. I'm loved. I'm loved. And he's well pleased with me. And he's well pleased with me. <sighs> You get a hold of that tonight, man. The wilderness, it, what? Hey, turn, turn, the, if you really are the son of God. No, no, I am. He just told me. And guess what? I didn't have to do anything for him to tell me that. I didn't have to perform. 
I don't have to lift my hands. I don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to do devotions. I don't have to go on mission trips. I don't have to jump through some spiritual church religious hoops. I just had to believe when he spoke over me that I am his child. I'm loved by him. And in me, he's well pleased. What more do you need? I'll say no. I'll say no to the devil every time. If I remember, if I remember those words. I believe tonight the Father's speaking over you, each and every one of you. Yes. That you're his child. That you are loved. And in him, in you, he's well pleased. He's well pleased. Maybe you don't feel like him. Maybe you're saying, Nick, if only you knew what I've done. I don't care. He doesn't care. The fact of the matter is that in this moment right now, he's here with you. He's here to meet you. That's right. Will you stand with me? Were you encouraged tonight? Come on. Yes. You don't have to lie, I mean. That's <laughs> alright. I mean, I, I think I was encouraged. I reminded myself. when I was reading a story about a man called Watchman D. And uh, he was imprisoned in, in China for his faith. And, and uh, the living conditions where he was with about 20, 20 guys and the living conditions where he was at were, were just so bad. So much so that he, he uh, they went and bathed. They used to bathe, take a daily dip in the river. And um, he, one of the guys, while while he was swimming, washed my knees off on the, you know, on the bank, and one of the guys catches, he's out deep, catches a cramp, like a really bad cramp in his legs, and he just starts screaming for help, just help, 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 and he's fighting, and he's he's trying to stay up, but he's going down, and Watchman tells a, a guy who who's he knows to be a really good swimmer. Hey, go out and get him. Go get him. And so the guy walks up to, to the water and he's staring out at him, but he doesn't move. He doesn't go. And watch him yelling like, go! And, and the guy the guy's screaming and just slapping, slapping on the water and trying to stay afloat. And the other guy on the, on the bank that watch him yelling at is, is just not moving, but he's just, he's just watching, watching the guy. So finally the guy goes down under the water and they can't see him and and so the moment he goes down under the, the guy swims out and grabs him and uh, it brings him back, saves him, brings him back, you know, drags him up on the bank and uh, watch the watch and just starts beating the dude who just rescued her. He's just like, You're so selfish, you love your life, da, 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 da. you let your you know, you let one of your brothers drown, you know. And uh, and there's that moment the swimmer said, you know, until someone has completely surrendered, completely stopped fighting, you cannot be saved. It's that moment. Otherwise, he'll drown me. He'll pull me down with him. His grip will be so strong to survive. He'll pull me down with him. And and that's kind of like our faith. Until we have completely surrendered. 
until we have completely come to the conclusion that I don't have the answers. I don't know the right decisions to make. I don't know the next step. Until we come to that point, we can't see Jesus really show us who he is. And tonight, maybe you're going through, I don't know what you're going through, but he does. But he does. And he's here to save you. And if you could just just close your eyes, maybe just open up your open up your arms, or put yourself in a place to a posture to receive. I just want to speak this over you that you are his child, that you're loved, and in you he's well pleased. Maybe you never heard those words from a from a parent. Maybe you never heard those. Maybe you thought you always had to perform. Maybe you're tired of going through the motions. But let me tell you that before you do anything for God, before you do anything that you think would be significant, you're his child. You're loved. And you, he's well pleased. Father, I pray tonight that your love would penetrate every heart tonight. God, that the lies that have plagued my brothers and sisters, Father, the guilt, the shame, the attacks from the enemy that tell them that they're worthless. God, the lies from even well-intentioned people that say we have to jump through hoops to earn your love. <laughs> God, we come against it. Father, I pray tonight that we would encounter your love in such a real way. You would transform our hearts, you would transform our minds, and God, that we would you would change the lenses. God, that we would view ourselves the way that you view us. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.